Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values, here with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you and your family are well, that you got some preparations in place for Christmas and you're kind of downhill, or maybe you're like me and you haven't bought anything yet. Whatever the case may be, welcome to our weekly radio show. We talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom, and we talk about it in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. We're proud this show's been running now for over four years. And you know, this time of year, the Christmas is something that we're involved in personally and we're involved in in our communities, but it also is a big deal to us at Texas Values because we're the ones that annually do the Merry Christmas Texas Project. And just a reminder of what that's about, that relates to a state law that was passed in 2013 that makes it clear where the law is on these issues in public school. And no better time to do that because public schools get out, most of them at the end of next week. Many of them are going to be having parties, whether they call them holiday parties, Christmas parties. There's some strange names I've seen these days, okay? But they're typically around this time of year. They do have some relation to Christmas. And that's okay because we have a state law that says it's okay to talk about Christmas. It's okay to bring uh, gifts that relate to Christmas during this time of year. But unfortunately, there have been court cases over the year where people have got it wrong or we've had uh, school administrators that have misapplied the law and made a mess of a lot of these issues. And so we passed a law in 2013, one-page law just to make it clear how all these things work. And we've got, uh, you know, just a week left until kids get out. And we'll be talking about other things a little bit more. But we want to make sure people know what the law is because we want people to have good information. So when questions come up, they can focus more on, you know, what uh, schools do best, which is teaching students academically and not get caught up in worrying about where the law is on some of these issues. And if they want to have some fun in the classroom, they can do that without anyone having to go to court, which is what we did three years ago with a school district in Colleen. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But someone who knows a lot about this issue and had a lot to do with this law coming to effect is our guest today. Senator Pat Fallon is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He's a dedicated and lifelong constitutional conservative. He's the son of uh, retired public school teachers. And he also himself is a graduate of the University of Notre Dame, was a part of the Air Force ROTC. We might talk some football because Senator Fallon was a part of the 1988 National Championship football team under Lou Holtz. But many of you know of him in Texas because he served in the Texas House and now is in the Texas Senate. Senator Fallon, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm great. It's good to be with you, sir. Well, look. You know, uh, one of your first sessions, I don't know if it was your first session, maybe it was your second session, you were in the state legislature when Dwayne Bohack got together with, um, I forget which senator it is now, I'll think of it in just a minute, because Dwayne ran point so much on this, uh, Robert, um, gosh, I'm forgetting his last name, one of your colleagues from East Texas, they got together on this Merry Christmas law in 2013, because a lot of people got fed up with the government making a mess of a lot of these issues in public school, which usually meant that the manger scenes got banned, Charlie Brown got banned, Santa got left out in the cold, and you were part of making sure this law came into effect back in 2013, and this is an important issue. Oh, absolutely. You know, the funny thing was, it was my freshman uh, session, and before I even got sworn in, my wife was made aware of it because Dwayne had been doing an interview on uh, the local news, and it ran up here in Dallas. Dwayne's from Houston. So my wife called me in and made me watch the segment, and she said, Honey, if you wanted to give me an early Christmas gift, you make sure this bill becomes law. <laughs> now, and, and Jonathan, honestly, That's at the good. time, I, I I had never filed a bill before. I, I didn't know how the sausage was made, but I, I mustered up as much confidence as I could, and I said, 
you got it, baby. And well, well, you're so a smart was, man. Hey, oh, you, you know what? Happy wife, happy life. So I, as soon as we got as soon as we got sworn in, I made a beeline over to Dwayne. And I introduced myself to him. I told him the story about my wife, and he got, and I wanted to talk to him about HB three hundred eight, nicknamed the Merry Christmas Bill. And he said, "Pat, that's wonderful. I want you to run point because there's forty three freshman legislators out of the hundred fifty in the house." that are new because we're coming off redistricting year. And I want you to be the liaison because I don't care uh, if they're Republican or Democrat. I want this to be a bipartisan effort because uh, at the end of the day, this is Texas. And we, as you know, we did just that and we rallied support and in the house it passed 145 to two and the Senate, it was unanimous 29 to zero. The governor signed it into law, I believe in June of that year in 13. And it's been the law ever since. No, absolutely. And look, and ever since then, we have been leading the effort to educate people on this law. Because you know what happens sometimes, and I'm sure you've come across this, you and other members of the legislature do all this great work, you pass a law, and it was great that it was 145 to 2. I'll have to look in a minute and see who the couple of members were that voted against it. I have a pretty good idea who a few of them may be. But it's just a testament that this was a you know a bipartisan issue and a, and a lot of support on it. I mean, Christmas is a federal holiday since the 1870s. But even after the law was passed, we know, you know, what good is it if no one knows the law exists and they can't put it to use? And so we've been engaged in this Merry Christmas Texas project since 2013. And inevitably, we passed the law and still people were getting it wrong. Not only that, I mean, in the same year that we passed it, you had an incident that came up where an email was being circulated by the PTA and I think others in the Frisco Independent School District um, giving people some concern or suggesting that that students couldn't bring the colors red and green to a winter party. But you made sure that um, that issue got addressed. And, and I remember having conversations with you. I think you went around to several Christmas parties in the public school that year just to make sure the law was being followed. Oh, yeah, the clause came out for sure. I mean, so I got a, a call. I mean, the ACLU, incidentally, was against the bill, of course. But yep. um, anyhow, I got a call from a parent, uh, and they said, listen, they wanted to remain anonymous, but they told me that their children were informed, and she showed me and forwarded me an email that literally said, for their quote-unquote winter party, I don't know if they're celebrating the winter solstice, they didn't even call it a holiday party. They were so politically correct. But they could have called it a Christmas party because we have, you know, have that in law, and the Supreme yep. Court's even backed us up on that. But be that as it may. Um, I wrote a letter immediately to the superintendent of the school district at the time and all the school board members simply, and it was very uh, diplomatically written just to make them aware of HB 308 and its passage and that this is Texas and that you can have an actual Christmas party. You can call it a Christmas party. Never mind not allowing your children, your students to bring in red and green cups for fear that someone's offended. I mean, it's ridiculous. So uh, but unfortunately, that didn't do the trick, and I got calls and saying that they're they're you know doubling down. So then I went out. The news media called me. I did not contact the news media. Uh, they called me, and I did interviews. And then you know it hit the fan, as it were, and they the clause came out with the district claiming that I had made it all up. And but unfortunately for them, I, of course, I had the emails. And that I, they just had a smear campaign against me. And then I went and met with the superintendent. We had it out for about four hours one day. And he, then he agreed, uh, I, you know, because I had to make him uh, privy to what the Supreme Court had said. I mean, you can have a nativity scene 
That's right. You can put a you can put a Christmas sign that says Merry Christmas. And he said at the time he's now retired. He had claimed that uh, they have 56 campuses at the time that he left it up to his principals. I said, so you're nope. telling me you left it up to your principals, but not one of those 56 campuses has a Merry Christmas sign. So I'm thinking it's a little bit more centrally directed. And we we toured random campuses, and I didn't see any Merry Christmas signs. I saw some Christmas trees, but a lot of it was just snowflakes and very secular. Well, look, into your point about when the law was passed, you're right. The ACLU uh, registered themselves against the law. The Anti-Defamation League referenced themselves and dropped a witness card, as we call it, against the law. This is all on the Texas legislature's website. You go to 2013 Legislature Online and look at House Bill 308. The League of Women of Texas registered against the bill. I mean, we won't get into what their reasons were, but we know there was some opposition by some people, some lobby groups in the state of Texas that they want the First Amendment to not apply to public schools. And that's unfortunate because, look, that's what people are doing this time of year. That's why what the kids are doing. And so why are we going to act like the public schools is so different and, and almost try to sanitize it? The Supreme Court has never said that that's how things should be handled in public schools. And so but sometimes what we have happen is they hide behind that. Oh, we're not really sure what these Supreme Court cases mean um, when they can be very clear. So we put it in state law. And so now we can say it's in statute. And look, thankfully, someone like yourself who is engaged in the community, is active and cares about the issue, goes around with them and says, look, this is an important issue. I'm not going to let it go away. And so we appreciate you jumping in. And obviously it made it it did make a difference. Well, you know, that's the thing, and it's unfortunate about the anti-defamation thing. I wasn't aware of that because in Section 29.920, subsection 2, we also write in a statute that kids can say Happy Hanukkah. These are mm-hmm. traditional winter holidays. So that, that was really disappointing and distressing. But you know, listen, what, this is what we're, we're up against sometimes. I have in this discussion with the superintendent, and I said, we have a sizable Indian population from uh, Asia, Indian Asian population in Frisco. And I said, listen, I don't know anything about Hinduism, but let's just say that there was a holiday for uh, Hindus in April. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be kind of neat to just um, educate our students on what that holiday is yeah. and why and how they celebrate it? And he said, yeah, that's a great idea, Pat. I said, then why can't we do it for Christmas? Yeah. And he, he had no response. It's just being inconsistent. No, you're absolutely right. And, and unfortunately, sometimes it takes – some pushback. It takes some media attention. I know you had a media interview that you were involved in that year for people to realize it. And thankfully, the school district backtracked, if you will, or whatever. They put out a statement and said, you know, uh, they put out a statement saying, oh, I think there was just a misunderstanding. But as a result of that, they made, they were va- made very aware. This is state law. The rest of the school district was made aware. Many people across the state of Texas were made aware. And it became evident that this is something that you and other people, that it matters to them. And there's going to be some pushback if they don't get it right. And it doesn't mean you have to be hostile to people. It's just that you be firm. Look, this is the law. It needs to be followed. And it's a really simple law, too. And when people look at the fact that it's only one page and you had bipartisan support, this could be a great opportunity for people to come together. I know Richard Raymond, a, a legislator who is a strong Democrat and, you know, I don't agree with on a lot of things, was someone that was a very vocal advocate on this issue, along with um, Dwayne Bohack, who filed the bill. And so when those opportunities come along, you can embrace them. And I think it's a great opportunity, a learning experience, too, about the First Amendment. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to have state laws that say this is the accurate way that you apply 
and interpret the First Amendment. I know those issues are important to you. Um, the same as it goes to the issue of life. You know, we see a lot of things happening, a lot of bills that y'all passed during this past legislative session on the life issue. One of those makes it clear that you can't have government contracts with abortion providers and that if a baby is born as a result of a failed abortion, that they still are um, have the protection for their innocent life. I mean, look at other states. You got these leftists, these liberals and Democrats that were pushing support for laws that even if the baby was born alive, that abortion might be okay. You know, and so I know these are I mean, principles that you care about yeah. as well. I mean, that's emphasized, you know, it, it, and, and it's unfortunate that the debate in the House this past session, you know, devolved. And they, they were saying that many on the left were saying that this was a sham bill and this could never happen. And, of course, it has happened. And, yep. um, and, and they don't want to recognize the fact that there's a separate life inside um, the, the baby's, uh, the mother's womb. And so they tried to um, obfuscate and deflect. Uh, and the fact of the matter is there is a heartbeat. There's two heartbeats uh, in a pregnant woman. A pregnant woman's body and um you know so that's something that again we need to stand firm on and like that's why we passed hb2 in texas in 2013 in the special session and we had five democrats vote for that bill all, all the republicans save one from houston uh, voted for it and i don't know if you knew this but many democrats came up to us privately and said they really wanted to vote for the bill they just couldn't muster up enough political courage to do it well, and that's look, why a lot of them took a, took a walk on that bill. And, and and these are important issues. As people start to think about, you know, you go into next year with the election cycle, who they're going to vote for. It's in people. It's important, particularly for people of faith, to know where do the candidates stand on issues of life. You know, not just in the womb. For some people, it's a question even when the baby comes out of the womb. We don't think it should be. Before I forget, shout out to uh, Senator Robert Nichols. I apologize. I, I was having trouble remembering his name. He was the Senate author of the Merry Christmas Bill in 2013, worked closely with his office. There's a picture of him in our office from the bill signing. Uh, Senator Robert Nichols was the Senate author. But, you know, as we move into 2020, these are things that are important that for some people there are questions about and for other people there are not. And so these are good questions that people should be asking, whether they're incumbents or whether these are people that are running new for office at any level federal, state, and local level, where do they stand on these issues of life? Where do they stand on these issues of, li- of religious liberty? I know the area where you live in and where you represent is a growing area, to your point about some of the um, some of the cultural diversity. And there may be a lot of people that are voting for the first time or becoming more engaged. And so, and that includes the faith community too, getting more engaged and being aware of the responsibility and the duty to be an engaged voter. You know, you make very good points that People, if you have to fight for the issues that are important to you, and if you don't and you think that someone else is going to man that wall for you, as you could, you know, we saw in 2018, that's not the case. We can't always just reliably think Texas is always going to hold firm on these values without the folks that believe in, uh, you know, our shared values fighting for them, getting out and being engaged and voting and making sure that your friends and your family members and your coworkers that are like minded go out and express their opinions at the ballot box as well. Or we can fundamentally uh, see a, ch- a change in Texas, and uh, we, we just don't want that. We want to keep Texas, Texas. Hey, man. Well, look, I know you got other work to do. You're in, in and out of meetings today, and so if uh, I haven't said it yet, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Merry Let everybody Christmas. else know as you do that it's okay to say Merry Christmas, even in public schools, and thank you, Senator Fallon, for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you. You're a great American. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. 
Appreciate you, sir. Well, that's great stuff. I know he's in and out of meetings today. Legislators are still working. Even though the session's not in, they've got interim committee meetings and others that they're doing prep work and, you know, things in the district. Before I forget, there was another group that registered against the Merry Christmas bill in 2013. I mean, (laughs) who would have thought so much opposition to Christmas? The Texas Freedom Network. No surprise there, though. Um, If you know a little bit about the history of that very liberal leftist organization, um, and actually it doesn't look like they testified, but they dropped a witness card in opposition to the Merry Christmas law. Just a couple of groups that supported it, Texas Conservative Coalition, uh, also the Concerned Women for America of Texas and Texas Eagle Forum, a couple of others. Of course, our organization was supportive of it. Uh, it appears here I was the only one that testified <laughs> that day on that. It's fun to go back sometimes and, and look at these things and remember, what were we doing that day? Um, and I, I remember some interesting testimony on the issue because you had Democrats, I remember, in the House saying, you know, this is an important issue to us. Uh, you know, I mean, there's some religious liberty issues that Democrats will support, and they found a way to do it. Um, And one of them was in the San Antonio area where they talked about some cultural things that were very important and a part of some things they did in their local public schools. They wanted this time of year and they didn't want that to be disturbed. Uh, And so just and that was really as it related to particular communities there, Spanish speaking communities, Hispanic communities that had some cultural traditions related to Christmas and their faith. So some really interesting stuff there just to go back and look at the history. But the law is in place. There's a one page website, MerryChristmasTexas.com. Just a week left. There may be something happen next week. That's a lot of times when these things happen. We want you to be informed. So if you got questions about how this law works, contact our office, send us an email, info at txvalues.org, 512-478-2220 is our office number because we want less school districts to be naughty and more to be nice, okay? And the only way we can do that is make sure you got a good information because three years ago, I was in court at this time, okay? It was, uh, I think, December 17th or 18th, and I was... um in court that week leading up to the Christmas break because um, Colleen Independent School District got all bent out of shape and banned a poster on a uh, the uh, nurse's, the school clinic door because the nurse's aide put up a depiction of Charlie Brown's Christmas. They told her she could put up decorations and hers included a quote from Linus where Linus talks about the history of Christmas and he talks about Christ because that is the history of Christmas. And But it was a quote from Linus And the school district said she had to peel off that part of the quote and take out the word uh, Christ. And she said, no, I'm going to take the whole thing down. If you're going to make me, you know, kick Christ out of Christmas. And there's no reason for that. If the school district allows them to put up decorations, they can't go in and censor pieces of it um, to say they're not okay with this and that. That's called viewpoint discrimination. There's a lot of problems there constitutionally. And when the government does those kind of things, we went to court on a Thursday and won that afternoon so we could she could go put her poster up on Friday the following day, and that was the end of the school semester. And so timing got tight, so we'd love to let, you know, to find out these things maybe a little more ahead of time. You know, we could be of help to you. Um, so check out the website, MerryChristmasTexas.com. A couple of other things in the news that you might have seen. We put out a media report and press release this week. Because while a lot of people are caught up in what's going on in Washington and the impeachment uh, hearings and all that, very important stuff, yes, but there are drag queens likely in your public school or maybe in the public school close to you that, you know, 
are spending the whole day there. I mean, what are they doing? Okay, so we put out a public information request to Austin ISD and Willis ISD, which is north of Houston, because there were two incidents where we found out they had drag queens there. In both of them, there seemed to be questions about whether or not they were really using their real identity. Because, you know, many of them have stage names. Okay, and I'm not trying to be flippant about it. I'm being uh, honest, okay, and factual. They do have stage names. One of them, the stage name is Lynn Adonis, okay, which is this individual's stage name. I'm going to go to our media uh, press release here. The other one in Austin ISD, Miss Kitty Litter ATX, okay? That's this person's stage name, all right? Uh, Also known as David Robinson. Well, he was admitted at Blackshear Elementary in Austin ISD, Stayed there all day, like from 7.30 to after 2 o'clock. And here's the other question. Because a lot of these folks, some of them do have questionable, or there's been reports in other places where they're either sexual predator or there's some criminal background. So no different here. So, But what was interesting about this is our Public Information Act request that we submitted to find out more information about what happened when Miss Kitty Litter ATX was at Blackshear Elementary in Austin ISD. Uh, there were, we, we recovered an email where David Robinson, his real name, he says they, they were talking about uh, a background check, right? Because we want to know, are these people being background checked? We all have to get a background check. You go to a public school, usually they have a system called Raptor or something else. They swipe your driver's license, okay? And they usually don't give it back to you until you leave, all right? So the, the exchange by text message, Miss um, Kitty Litter ATX says, so the guidelines for submission are automatically disqualify me if the deferred adjudication for prostitution is considered a conviction. So I don't know if ethical to submit. So here's the drag queen himself saying, I'm not sure that I'll pass a background check to come to your school. Why? Because he's got a uh, conviction on his record for prostitution. They still let him in. Okay. And so I just, but that was never talked about. They didn't send a letter home to the parents say, Hey, by the way, we're going to let somebody be on campus with your kids all day. And before, you, before he gets here, we want you to know he's got a, he's got a, a conviction for prosecution or deferred adjudication. We just want to make you aware of that before he gets there. That was never done. Okay. So it was clear the school district, somebody there, appeared to be aware that he had deferred adjudication for prostitution, and then he got let on campus. Um, not to mention in Willis ISD, they had a drag queen there. Lynn Adonis, his real name is Jared Bridges. And the reason why we were asking for their real name, because when you go to a public school, you usually have to have a name tag on and you got to have your real name. Okay, they want to know who's on campus because the safety uh, of children is very important. They don't want people that are being dishonest about some of those things. And if something goes wrong, they need to know who they're dealing with. Well, there were pictures of Miss Kitty Litter ATX and Austin ISD with a name tag. It didn't appear to be uh, accurate to what, um, uh, or I'm sorry, that was in um, in Willis ISD. There was, um, is that right? That That's where the um, there was some questions about the name tag that he was using. So here's the other thing, though. They're there the entire day, okay? Miss Kitty Litter ATX, our understanding was he was going to go read because it was Pride Month or whatever it was they were celebrating for LGBT issues. And and it appears he was being allowed to read uh, two LGBTQT affirming books, Julian is a Mermaid, read a crayon story, whatever it was. It You know, you would have thought, OK, and, and that happens sometimes. People go read and they're there for half an hour, an hour, and then the kids go back to the regular schedule. But he was there the entire day. 
just about the school day until after 2 o'clock. And Willisides Day, he checked in. Lynn Adonis, also known as Jared Bridges, the, the drag queen there, he checked in at 7 and left at 519. Okay. All right. Before I forget, runoff elections in Houston area. For our viewers, and if you're listening to this show in the Houston area by podcast, runoff elections, Saturday, December 14th, your last day to vote. And it's going to be close. When there's a runoff election for a local election, turnout is usually very low. Okay, tremendous opportunity. Make sure you find out what's going on there. And before I forget, we are in the month of December. We need your donations, all right? In order to do the work we do with this Public Information Act request, uh, defending the Christmas issue with our Merry Christmas Project and others, we have a team of nine people. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We do all this work free of charge. When we represented the woman, the school employee in Colleen ISD, all free of charge. TXValues.org is where you need to donate, tax-deductible donation, in order to do that. That's how we're able to put this Public Information Act request and get more information about what's going on in public schools. We're able to do that because we've got people on our team that know how to do it. They've got legal backgrounds. They've got education backgrounds. They've got policy backgrounds. Or they're just parents that care about these issues. They know what they're doing. We have um, uh, uh, just a fine group of individuals that are part of our team doing this work and they care about it. Um, And so go to our website, txvalues.org forward slash donate. Make a tax deductible donation today. I think it's one of the best investments you can make for faith, family, and freedom. Remember, it's okay to say Merry Christmas in Texas public schools. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.